the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Southern California Live program. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. It's great to be with you again today, this wonderful and beautiful Friday afternoon. I guess it's beautiful. In Southern California, we just have different weather, different things going on. In in, uh, San Diego, it's beginning to rain a little bit. And in uh, Los Angeles, it's uh, on fire in a couple of different places. Both are terrifying to both towns. That's how it is. But we know the Lord is with us and those things will carry us through. We'll be just fine. Uh, Once again, it's great to be with you today. And I have enjoyed our time together. I get to be with you today and I'll be with you again next week, Wednesday through Friday on this program. Looking forward to that and getting to know you a little bit better. And, you know, because it's Friday, uh, one of the things I want to do, I got a couple of subjects we'll touch on today um, and maybe an interview or two, but it's also Friday. And you have a question you want to add, you want to give me a call, you have a question you want to ask a pastor, do you have something in the news that you want to talk about, we'll call it Open Line Friday. And we'll let you talk about what you want to talk about. And so I'm here for you. The number is 888-528-2557. That's 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Give me a call and uh, we'll talk about whatever's on your mind. And uh, otherwise, we'll talk about what's on my mind. That's how it goes. Uh, that's because I'm the host, and it's good to be your host today. So you got any questions? You got something you want to ask a doctor? You can call me for that, too. I'm I'm on the Internet. I'll find it online. That's how we do it, right, these days? I hope not. I like to go online, though, and diagnose myself before I go to the doctor. Do you ever do this? You go to WebMD. I go to WebMD.com or one of these sites, and, uh, you know, I had a stubbed toe or something. But after 10 minutes, I have multiple diseases and tumors. And uh, so I uh, mention that to my doctor all the time. And I'm sure he loves it. All right, so grab your coffee, and I want you to refuel for the rest of the afternoon. Get your coffee, the brew of the believer, the thirst quencher of the theologian, and get home safely and quickly if you are driving or just enjoy your time together. Do you have plans for the weekend? Uh, I do. I'm going to uh, Universal Studios. I haven't been there in years. Do they still have that shark? Uh, I think they do. That's the thing. That's actually the only thing I care about seeing. I want to see that shark. And part of it is because the very first movie I ever saw in my life was Jaws. I'm not even kidding. And I was three and a half, three and a half years old. I saw it in a drive-in and uh, my parents thought it was a movie about a fish. And when I bring it up to them, they tell me that uh, they thought I would sleep through it, but uh, I did not. And I remember it quite vividly. The best thing is 30 years later, the first time I ever went surfing, The first time I actually stood up on my surfboard, I was so excited, and then I got attacked by a shark. Actually, I attacked the shark. That's really kind of the way it is, but I got like a four or five-foot leopard shark right on my board, and he has teeth, and he was staring at me, and he was very upset with me. And uh, that was it. That was it for me for surfing for that day. Anyway, those are uh, those are some of those parenting things that uh, that you have to deal with. And uh, by the way, it's my mother's birthday today. Happy birthday, mom! I'm sorry that I bring up that Jaws story. I think uh, every time it's your birthday, but I love you, and uh, you gave me a great story. And that's you know kind of uh, the way God does things. I think so. Happy birthday, mom! I love you. Hope everything is really good. Hey, uh, speaking of being a, a parent, 
Um, there's something going on that I think you should know about, and I have a guest who is going to help us with that, a guest from Focus on the Family. His name is Dan, Danny Huerta, and Dr. Daniel Huerta is the Vice President President of Parenting and Youth for Focus on the Family, overseeing ministry initiatives that equip moms and dads with biblical principles and counsel for raising healthy, resilient children rooted in a thriving faith. Danny, welcome to the Southern California Live program. Hey, Scott. Thanks, thanks for having me on the show with you. Appreciate it. Danny, it's, uh, I really appreciate you joining me today, and uh, I asked you to be a part of the show because Focus on the Family is beginning to promote an event for schools across the country called Bring Your Bible to School Day. Is that what's called? Is that how it works? That is, yeah, Bring Your Bible to School Day. And some, as some kids have actually asked, hey, what if, what if I'm a homeschool student or I'm at a Christian school and I bring my, my Bible every day? This is about uniting together and letting other people know about your faith, either social media or other, other ways, and, and standing united that we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe in God's Word, and articulating that and standing together. And this is a nationwide student-led movement uh, to read and to, uh, to let people know, hey, I'm a believer and I'm right here in your school, and to love people in that way. How does it work for the kids? In fact, what age are students invited to participate in this? Yeah, any age, even into college. We've had kids in college do it, and uh, some high schoolers, it's a starting point for Bible studies, prayer groups. Uh, there's a, a young man that wrote into us a couple years ago and said there was a starting point for him to begin taking his Bible to school every day and, and to put it on his desk, and just as a reminder more to himself that I'm living out my faith every single day, and uh, I need to live that out in my, my choices, my decisions, the way I, I live life. And uh, it also helps educate kids on, on just the religious liberties that we uh, get to be thankful for here in the United States, that we can, uh, if it's student-led, we can have prayer at school, we can take our Bible to school, as long as it does not disrupt the learning environment. And, and you know, we're doing it right in the middle of class. It's really about being able to gather uh, together, and we can do that here in America it, freely. And so it's just a reminder to kids on those uh, freedoms and also just an opportunity to be strong, courageous, and also a loving uh, person and being able to articulate, like you said, that you have the love of Christ in your heart. Danny, when you think about that with our, our kids today, and uh, you are a psychologist and the author of a book called Seven Traits of Effective Parenting, um, what are the things that concern you the most about uh, uh, parenting today and what, this, what our kids have to face today? Yeah, there's so many things coming at parents uh, today. There are, I mean, from sexuality content, sex mm. education, to media and social media having uh, direct influence on our kids' lives in many different ways, different directions, creating confusion. And then the news, you, you don't know. Uh, what to believe, and kids are listening to the news and consuming news as well. And so there's an influence on uh, perception and, and worldview from that side. And then also we've got a lot of conversations and division around uh, the topic of race once again, and, and a lot of uh, conversations there. And uh, and then you've you've got uh, beyond that just the normal everyday challenges that come with parenting. You know, right. just the the sleep cycles, the moods, the emotions, the dating, the uh, <laughs> uh, and, and then parents are trying to navigate some inflation financially and having to, in some cases, work uh, extra hours. And we're seeing uh, the levels of stress 
overall in, in parents and adults uh, going up. Uh, anxiety has exponentially gone up in the last two years uh, from a disorder perspective. And then with teenagers, it's been interesting to me in the last uh, year, year-ish, I've uh, seen an increase in panic disorder with kids, with teenagers especially, uh, as they uh, are unsure about their futures, they're scared, uh, they don't know uh, what to expect or anticipate, they don't know what to plan for, and so it's creating more angst above and beyond the, the angst of leaving the home and, and, and going on their own. Yeah, it is a, such a challenging time. My kids are 12 and 9, and uh, it is... You just as a parent today, I'm driving down the street today, and one of the middle schools that's by my house let out for a, a protest. It's a, a climate change protest. And all the kids are on each corner of a busy intersection, and they're holding up signs. They've all got their masks on, and they're shouting stuff about uh, climate change. Really, a couple of teachers had a megaphone saying stuff about climate change. And I'm pretty sure the kids just were glad to not be in class. That's how I would be. <laughs> you know, honestly, I, you know, would I join that protest if I were in the eighth grade? You bet I would. Get me out of math class for that. That's fine. Um, yeah. But I do think that they're being, uh, you know, they're being groomed for a way of thinking, right? And, and not just on that issue, but other things. Yeah. What, does a, what would you recommend a parent do when they start to recognize uh, the stress that you're describing that parents are having today that's probably, I, I feel like it's, when I was that age, I didn't have the same pressures. What do you do? What's the first step for parents? Yeah, what you want to do just for parents is, is check in with your kids. Check in first with yourself. You know, what's going on inside of you? What do you see? What, look inward and figure out where, where are you at emotionally? Where are you at in your soul? What's happening in there? And then from that, connect with your kids. Be aware of the different personalities you have in your home. There's some mm. personalities, like a leader-type personality that wants to go out there and conquer the world, isn't so uh, concerned as much about the emotions, and they're just trying to go get the world. And then you have the peacemaker types that process everything emotionally and are uh, in their emotions and thoughts and, and, and very worried about things. And, and then you have the thinker types that are needing control more than anything in order to feel calm and so they get very anxious because everything feels out of control and then you have the talker types that want to be social and at this time with a variety of things um, preventing some of that uh, that can get stressful for that talker child and sometimes they just need to talk it out right so you have different right. personalities and as a parent you have to slow down enough to know those those different ways that your kids handle and perceive life process life and, and then spend the time. If it's one-on-one, -on -one, that's fantastic. If you don't have the luxury of one-on-one -on -one time, at the very least, just pause, have meal time together, have some time where you can uh, connect and talk about, uh, you know, what they see. What are you seeing? How, how, how's that feel inside to you? What do you think we need to do? What's going well in our home? Uh, what's going well for you and what's not? And uh, And then find some ways to Laugh and have fun together as a family. Have, have some ways that you're going to enjoy and kind of escape life for a moment as a family. Have moments of celebration together, moments of pause, and, uh, and then uh, making sure that you're, you guys are resting well as a family uh, and that you're modeling that. Those are just a few examples of what you can begin to do. And this is, uh, you know, in the seven traits I talk about 
the the parent growing the parent parents if if you grow and you're uh, adaptive uh, adaptable you're you're adjusting to your your child's life and then you're looking at what's going on inside of you and you're practicing these seven traits you're going through respect and then intentionality and steadfast love if you're practicing those it will be effective you'll be effective in in communicating and leading your children during these tough times and it's not about being perfect about talking right. and being relational and present with your kids. I think that's that's excellent advice. Just something just, you know, personally for me as a dad realizing and as a pastor, sometimes I'm just out late at night, I'm doing stuff on the weekends, I'm always busy and I'm watching my kids grow up and I'm only there for a short period of time in the past year. Something that COVID did was it helped me reflect on that. You know, yeah. and to yeah. and to really say, you know what, I only have a short amount of time. You know, when, when, before you have kids, everybody says, oh, it goes so fast. You know, and you think, yeah, whatever. And then you're a parent <laughs> and you realize and then it's there, yeah. it's there, right? And then you make the tragic mistake of counting how many Christmases you have left and all of those things. Uh, yeah. But those are those are good pressures. That's really, really good advice. So with the sure. uh, with the bring your Bible to school day, um, how can a, uh, a parent or a child get involved with that? What's the best way to do that? Yeah, best way to do it is just go to bringyourbible.org and make sure you're counted on there. We're hoping to get a million kids taking their Bible to school together on October 7th as a starting point. There's, there's momentum in culture, but God has a bigger momentum, and we get to participate with His Spirit. And uh, when we all gather together, we know that there's a big response within that spiritual world. And uh, it's, it's true. There's spiritual warfare. We get to be uh, in there together, our, our our conflict is not against people it's within the spiritual realm, and this is where we get to stand up together. And so that's bringyourbible.org. You register. That counts, uh, counts the person, and that helps us be able to articulate in a, in a clear way. This is, this is how many kids brought their Bible to school that day. And then hmm. uh, from there, you can also sign up for Live It Challenges, and those are monthly challenges for you, the family, to live out your faith together and have fun doing so and having deeper conversation around your faith. So it doesn't just stop in one day, you take your Bible and then you're like, well, now what do I do? It's, it's really, you've signed up for that. You decide if you're going to have a prayer time or Bible study before school or during lunch, gather your friends, maybe bring 15, 20. We've, we've actually, we, this year is the first year we have water bottle stickers. You can have that are really fun looking that they have huh. strong and courageous on there. And then, we have T-shirts also that are available that say "Strong and Courageous," wonderful uh, uh, garb that you can you can put on and and uh, be united that way as well. And, and just have fun doing that that day and be creative and have that be a starting point, starting point for conversations with your peers, starting point as a family together on the importance of God's word in our home and and why uh, we need Jesus, what the hope that we find in that. And then, uh, and then from there, some new habits. Maybe it's a good reset for the family to be in God's Word together, uh, to be praying together. And then that's where you can sign up for the Live It Challenges. We'll text you that once a month, and then you engage in that Live It Challenge. And then with that, you will also get one biblical pursuit to take on as a family for that month. And uh, that way you're not searching for, what am I going to do? It's just texted to you. It's already right there. You've got it ready to go, and you do that once a month, and uh, that's where you're going to experience growth, especially if you're doing it as a family. And what we're hoping is that creates 
new conversations. It creates attachment. It creates growth for you guys together as a family. That is uh, great stuff. You're listening to the Southern California Live program. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow, and my guest is Dr. Danny Huerta. He is the Vice President of Parenting and Youth for Focus on the Family. And uh, we've been talking about uh, kids, and in, in particular, the upcoming Bring Your Bible to School Day. Uh, what does a parent do if they're a homeschooler, or maybe they're in private school, Christian school already? Can they participate also? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a frequent question. As homeschoolers, hey, let you're still going to school, so let all your classmates, all the people you know on social media uh, know out there, uh, hey, I'm, I'm bringing my Bible to school on October 7th. I'm standing with and praying for uh, my peers that are in, in school live, but we're all together in it, bringing our Bible to wherever we're at in school. And parents, I'd encourage you to take your Bible to work that day, to model right. that to your kids and say, hey, I'm taking my Bible to work. Uh, I'm going to see if I can gather some people and pray together or, or read the Bible with them because I want to uh, value what my kids are doing and standing together with them and praying for the youth that are choosing to stand courageously with their peers at school and to uh, let, them, let them know, hey, I believe in Jesus, and I want you to have, you're, you're basically bringing the grand invitation into that day, and that is John 3.16, that right. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And so that's, uh, so, so you're, you're, you're giving to others this invitation of, of, of Jesus. And so thinking of three words for you as a homeschooler is invitation, you're invited, and you get to creatively invite others to that day. Momentum is a second word, and that is there's a momentum happening in culture, and you get to be part of the counter-momentum that God has for that. And we saw that in Jesus through his death on the cross, his counter-momentum to sin. And then the third one is steadfast. So we get to stand steadfast together, and you as a homeschooler or as a student in a private school can stand together in a steadfast way with one another. Make sure you're praying that day for, for all your peers, but then also participating and showing, hey, I'm bringing my Bible to school today, too, because I want to I have unity with my brothers and sisters in Christ as we articulate our faith in, in Jesus who gives hope to this world that has darkness. Danny, that's, that is great advice. And that's something that is important for our kids to understand right about the church is that we are not in this alone, that we are the body of Christ and we can do this together with other uh, fellow believers. Yeah, and you know what's interesting, Scott, is that some parents will call us and ask and say, well, you know, uh, the, the school said we can't put up posters, we can't, we can't do, uh, we, we can't even, my child can't bring their Bible to school or they can't have this prayer gathering before school. It's actually not true, and we do have a, uh, a downloadable information sheet on just students' rights here in the United States constitutionally in, uh, on that website, bringyourbible.org. And this is not about just trying to slap that in front of anyone's face. This is about just educating uh, ourselves as parents, but then also helping our kids understand the importance of freedoms that we get to have here in the United States as citizens of the United States and the, the sacrifices that were made to have that, that we get to, we get to do these things and express our faith in these ways. And so know that that packet is available for free. You can download that on the website and gives you all the information 
uh, you'll need for that, and you can take that actually with you to the school officials and just say, actually, in fact, we, we can do this, and we don't want to be disruptive. We're just wanting to uh, have a creative expression of our faith in the school together with other Christians and certainly open up the invitation to whoever else wants to come. That's right. So that website is bringyourbibletoschool.com? Uh, you, can, you can probably find it that way, but it's really bringyourbible.org. 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 Okay, I got yeah. it here. It, and that'll take you over to uh, that page, which is on the Focus on the Family website. And uh, parents, there's a lot of information there on there for your kids. Yeah, make, and, sure, make sure you sign up. I mean, that's the big one for us. Just sign up, and then you'll, you'll receive some emails that are real uh, directed towards that, plus the Live It Challenges. Uh, you'll get information on that by that. But just, just make sure you sign up. That gives us a good count. Uh, we want to be able to encourage uh, others with, hey, 750,000 or a million, you know, signed up for this and did it together. And that just helps us uh, get excited uh, with those big numbers together. That is uh, fantastic. I love the follow-up with that and uh, the people will get. So this isn't just a one-day thing. This is something that is an opportunity for parents and families to begin, if you haven't begun, to really think about this with your kids and teaching them and leading them uh, in their faith, now you have an opportunity to do that and a lot of help. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And Danny, yeah. go ahead. No, I was going to say, Scott, I mean, really, uh, as you're thinking about that and considering it, it's, this is an invitation. It's not about shaming. As a parent, you're, you're invited into this. You can create new momentums in your home, and it's about you standing steadfastly. So just you can remember those three words as to why would I do this. We have an invitation from Christ to join in with him uh, in, in the body, and we're all inviting one another, and we get to, to agree with his, his spirit, his will, and uh, lining up with that. He said that we can uh, be steadfast and strong and courageous alongside of him. So be encouraged, and thank you so much, Scott, for allowing me to be on your show. This is uh, it's great. Yeah, Danny, thanks again for joining me. This is the Southern California Live program, and our guest has been Danny Huerta, who is the Vice President of Parenting and Youth for Focus on the Family. And Bring Your Bible to School Day is October 7th, so it's coming up quickly, October 7th. And you can sign up your children for that, or you can sign yourself up for that at bringyourbible.org, bringyourbible.org. Write that down. Tell friends about it. Tell your kids about it. Tell them to invite their friends and let's get that over a million people. Uh, I think this is an exciting year to do this. I think uh, with all the negativity and stuff, I think we have some also that God is stirring up a, a new generation of strong believers and strong faith. Uh, so, Danny, thank you very much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Scott, thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for the invitation. Appreciate it. All right. God bless. Have a great afternoon. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow, live on KKLA and KPRZ. I'll be back in just a few moments. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow, the senior pastor of the First Baptist Church of San Diego, and I am your guest host today on Southern California Live right here on KKLA and KPRZ. It's great to be with you today. It is Friday, and so it's Open Phone Friday. If you want to give me a call and talk about anything that's on your mind, the number is 888-528-2557. That's 888-52-TALKS, T-A-L-K-S, or 
888-528-2557. Anything that's on your mind at all, you can give me a call about. We have been talking so far about parenting, and uh, our guest, uh, Danny Huerta, was uh, really great from Focus on the Family. I'm so encouraged by that program, Bring Your Bible to School Day. BringYourBible.org is how you find out about that. If you uh, didn't write down that website, BringYourBible.org. And, you know, this period of time, you know, we learned something, I think, through the COVID shutdowns. I think a lot of parents learned what's going on in their classrooms because they got to be a part of it in all the Zoom classes that were going on. Um, and uh, we learned that there are a lot of things being taught that are that are quite scary. I think it it adds to a lot of the difficulty we have today. I mentioned I've got two boys. My oldest son is 12. He has gone at camp this week. He's got uh, a school camp that they go to. It's really a sixth grade camp, but it got canceled last year because of COVID. So they redid it today. And uh, we're blessed that he can go to a uh, a little private school here. And uh, so they go up to this camp. And I got to tell you, it's the first time since he's been born that he's been gone more than one night. And, uh, you know, that's, it's just really an interesting thing. My other son is nine, and uh, I told him this week that he's not allowed to become 10. We've just restricted that behavior. He cannot become 10 years old. And what's funny is the nine-year-old, he wants to stay a kid. When I say don't become 10, he goes, great, I don't want to be 10. He, that's his personality, right? But my older son, my 12-year-old, he wants to be grown up now. That's his thing. He, when he was eight, when he turned eight years old, he said, Dad, I'm halfway to my driver's license. Oh, yes, you are. Yes, you are. That didn't feel uh, so good. Parenting is scary. You have these, these moments all the time. The number is one eight 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 fifty two talks one eight eight fifty two talks one eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. You can call and we can talk about uh, this subject, parenting, or we can talk about anything that's on your mind. It's open phone, so you can drive. The conversation, if you've ever had a question you want to ask the pastor or you want to talk about something that's in the news, and we can take a look at it from a biblical perspective, from a Christian perspective, which I think gives a different insight, uh, and it should, to lots of things going on. What do we do now as as uh, Christians in this country as things are, are just really crazy? And even how do we do it as parents? If you are a parent, or if you have parents, or if you know any parents— you know, in the in the scriptures, there's a great book on parenting. It's on a whole lot of stuff. It's on a whole lot of wisdom for life. It's called the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs speaks a lot about family life, and it tells us some important things about being a mother or a father or a parent or a child or even a grandparent. I have a hunch that everybody listening is either a father or a mother or a parent, which would be a father or a mother, right? That's the same thing. You're a father or a mother or a grandparent, or you are a child of a father or a mother. Uh, I think that covers us all. Uh, and uh, there's a lot that we can learn from Proverbs. We got a call here from Dan in Rancho Santa Margarita. Dan, welcome to the Southern California live program. Dan, how are you? Hi, how are you? I'm doing great, Dan. Hey, thanks for joining us. Hey, I just caught a little bit of the program talking about family and uh, how time goes quickly with kids and all that. Hey, I have a great movie to recommend. It's out at theaters right now. I saw it at my local theater in Lake Forest, uh, Foothill Ranch. It's called Show Me the Father. And uh, I noticed you had one of the speakers, uh, uh, or one of the people that work at Focus on the Family. Focus on the Family had a big part in that film. They, they were profiling 
people who grew up sometimes without fathers or who had uh, bad fathers. And Tim Bailey, the head of Focus on the Family, was prominently uh, put in the movie, and he talked about his father and uh, how he was abandoned, how his father was alcoholic and stuff like that. Um, when I went to the movie the other day, there was three of us in the theater. Hmm. And I noticed this week it's hardly playing at all. It's only playing at a couple of times later in the evening, whereas last week it was playing like at 2, 4, 6, 8. And this week it's playing at 6.30 and like 9.30 at night. So already it's lost. You know, it, it, I guess it didn't do that well at the box office to, to keep it around another couple of weeks at like yeah. 2, 4, 6, 8 times. They're putting you at the end of the evening. Well, anyway, most things aren't doing too well right now. Uh, yeah, it, it, um, but it was a wonderful movie. It was done by the Kendrick brothers, and this was as good as any of the movies that I've seen, like um, War Room, Courageous. And by the way, Courageous is playing at that same cinema, so I think it's out uh, now, too. It, it's um, kind of a remake, I guess, of what happened 10 years ago when it came out. Uh, but uh, anyway, I would just implore people to go see this movie. It shows what happens when you have a father in the home. But, it, but it's also showing what happens when a father isn't in the home. And it shows how the crime rate, gang activity, uh, teenage pregnancy, um, uh, you know, just criminal behavior. The, the prisons are filled with men who um, don't have fathers or didn't have fathers active in their lives. And I just hate it. I was one of three people in the movie theater the other day, and I could cry when I left the theater because we need – hundred times that many people going to the movies, especially when we when they show movies that are Christian and, and, and reflect our values, like the need of a father. And we've yeah. seen over the last year and a half what happens to a country uh, that suffers from a father who disciplines, leads, guides, and loves their children. And uh, so I just wanted to be a voice for the family, for fathers, and uh, let the movie speak for itself. Show me the father. All right, Dan. Hey, thank you for uh, for adding that to the program. The movie that Dan is recommending is called Show Me the Father. It's a Christian movie, and it's playing in theaters now. So you can check it out. Their website for that movie is showmethefathermovie.com, and you can probably find tickets on all those uh, movie websites out there. So thank you, Dan, for your call. Appreciate it. The number is 1-888-52-TALKS, 1-888-528-2557. Uh, Chen from L.A., you are live on Southern California Live. Welcome yes, to the program, yes, Chen. Is it Chen? How are you doing? Hi, Chen. Yes. Hi. So uh, the question that I had is, uh, what do you think is the solution is on uh, all this uh, immigration debacle taking place right now? Yeah, what's the solution? Well, you know, there's a lot of people. That's a great question, uh, Chen. And uh, I may have a little bit of conversation in the next hour about it. We talked about this yesterday a little bit. Thank you for your call. Uh, Chen, the you know one of the things I would say about it is that it's been a a problem for a long time, and I think there's certainly governmental solutions that need to happen. And as citizens and voters, we need to be uh, paying attention to that and demanding really that they solve it. There are some things you can do, but as believers and as the church, one of the long-term solutions is that we take care of these people who are poor. Like the best solution to the immigration debacle in our country is that conditions begin to exist in Central America and Mexico and South America so that people don't want to leave. I've been to uh, mission trips in a couple of countries down there, twice in El Salvador, and one of the things I can tell you is that there's a tremendous amount of poverty, but there is also a tremendous amount of pride in their country. And the people that I spoke to 
who had desperate needs and the people that we worked with who had great faith, great faith in Jesus in their condition. They love their country and they don't really want to leave, but they don't really have uh, a very good option. So, you know, one of the solutions, I think, if you think about it, is for us to really help. And I, I encourage people and churches to get involved, to go on a mission trip. You can go on mission trips to Mexico uh, easily. There's a lot of organizations, great organizations that'll take you down there even just for a day and you'll experience something new. You'll help some people for that day, but the short-term missions, sometimes they are about giving us a perspective on what really is going on and the humanity of all of it. And when we're watching what we're seeing on the news, we're just seeing uh, you know, something we should be outraged about, that there is this kind of poverty right in our, our, our backyard. So um, yeah, we should we should definitely check that out. There are there are organizations in uh, Los Angeles and in San Diego and all around Southern California that also help. And not only do they do mission trips, but they are also helping people who are resettled in this country. And that's a place for us as believers to be involved to take care of the people who are uh, suffering and who have great needs. And and we've worked with some refugees right here in our our town before. And what we learn is that uh, legally refugees are resettled in Southern California all the time. And, but they only get about three months support from the government. The rest of it has to come from churches and nonprofits. And I don't know if you know that or not, but there's a tremendous need. There's a tremendous physical need, emotional need, and need for the gospel. And this is a role where churches can play here. And it also inspires more people to get involved in really some excellent missions groups that are working in all of these other other countries. So I don't know if that really answers your question, Chen, um, but uh, that's at least part of it. I think, you know, as far as the government is concerned, I encourage people to speak to the representatives, to call them and say, solve this problem. Quit using it as something for, and both sides do this, to give you a political opinion. Both sides leverage the immigration problem to raise money. And they can say, oh, those Democrats, they just want open borders and they're flooding our country, whatever. And then the Republicans, you know, and then the Democrats say, oh, those Republicans, all they're about is law and order and they don't have any compassion. And, you know, if you begin to look at how to solve those issues and be involved, there actually are some pretty good solutions that are proposed out there. We need to get past the politics of it and be a nation that has a vision for actually taking care of people right here in our own hemisphere long term. That's what I think solves the issue. Thank you for that question, Chen. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. This is Open Line Friday, and you can call with any subject at all. The phone number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And if you've got any question about what's going on in the world or you have a question for me, Pastor Scott, I'd love to answer that question. This is Pastor Scott Furrow. You're listening to Southern California Live on KKLA and KPRZ. I'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody, to Southern California Live, live on KKLA and KPRZ. I am Pastor Scott Furrow. It's great to be with you today, and we've talked about a couple of different subjects. It's Open Line Friday, and you can give me a call at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And share with me anything that's on your mind. Ask any question you want to. We can get in conversation about issues of the day. Or uh, we've been talking a little bit about uh, parenting and some other things this hour. Uh, there are so many things that might be on your mind. And uh, we're here to help. And uh, 
let me uh, let me go to the calls right now. We have John from Las Vegas. John, welcome to our program. Yeah. Yes. Hi, John. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Welcome to our program. What's on your mind? Good, good, good. Your program is an excellent program. I listen to you guys every day. Oh, well, thank uh, you very much. We appreciate that. You listen to us in Las Vegas uh, online then. What can I do for you? What's on your mind today? Well, I was just telling you the comment regarding the Haitians and the immigrants coming in through that Texas border, and I don't agree with any of that at all, period. With I any of them coming in? Huh? Go ahead. Yeah. I speak Spanish perfectly, and I have a lot of family out there in Mexico. The Haitians are coming in, and they're robbing the people in Mexico. And obviously the United States is not going to show that on the American news channels. They don't want the bad publicity. But these people, the majority of them are criminals. They exploit their own people out there in Haiti. They come out here. They see the Mexican people. The American people are so vulnerable, so nice. What do you think they're going to do to them? Yeah, well, John, I mean, what do you what do you think? John, what do you think they're, we should do? Them. Hey, John, I'm I'm with you here. What do you think we should do? How do how do we help? John, how do we help? What do you think we should do in a positive way? How do we help? First of all, I think we've got to help our own people here in the United States before we start allowing all these people coming into our country. Sure, there's a lot of there's a lot of things to do in our own country. We definitely are ignoring it. But it's really you know, super bad. Yeah, but when we have you know, right now we had what do we have? Fifteen fifteen thousand we had fifteen thousand people on the border and obviously they uh, that's all coordinated. Um I think there's much larger numbers coming. Uh, there are there are very significant things coming our way. Uh, do you think the United States has any role in helping uh, these people, even even in their own countries? I believe the United States should help out their own country before they start helping out other people. If we're in need, why are they going to help out other people that are in need somewhere else? Especially the majority of people are criminals. Well, what do you think? Uh, let me just push back just a little bit. Um, from the standpoint of maybe as a as a believer, you a believer, John? Yes. Yeah. What would Jesus have us do? I think it's a lot more complicated than that question because I think Jesus sometimes comes in with a third answer that nobody's thought of, right? But in in your mind, how should we? How should the church respond to the poverty that we see uh, in our own country and also uh, in the neighboring countries and with, uh, people and well, things I like believe, we see here? Well, Jesus loves everybody. He's going to care about everybody. He welcomes everybody, the sinners, he welcomes the criminals, and obviously that's how we become born again. We all have a sad story. Yeah. But the fact of it is, why are they bringing another problem here? I mean, man, you're asking me about Jesus. Jesus is love. What are we going to say? You know? <laughs> yeah. He wants the best for all of us, and he wants to save everybody, and, and the devil wants to take everybody. But we're just allowing, I believe we're allowing all these people to come into our country. I believe we're just... I don't know what's going on with our president. I don't agree with him at all, even the governor. I, you know, I, I'm in California all the time. My whole family's out there at the highest gas yeah, well, prices, the highest tax rates. I mean, you're asking me about Jesus, and, and I'm going on to a different subject, but I just don't agree with him. Yeah. Going on. All right, John, John, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. You know, a lot of people feel like, like John does. And uh, there are tremendous, tremendous problems that we have everywhere. But I think, you know, as, as Christ followers, to look at these lenses, to look at this through the lens of our faith, I do think we have to say, okay, well, what does the church do? There's politics, and then we have a role as citizens to participate uh, and to, to hold our government to account and to, to trust 
that uh, God uh, does establish governments and God's in control. But what do we do next? I like to say after uh, after elections, whichever side you might be on in some election, okay, what do you do now? Like is the only time that we care about immigration or is the only time that we care about abortion or is the only time that we care about uh, poor or taxation? Is it just during an election every two or four years we care about this and then we just go on and all we do is vote? I think there is something more for us to do. And uh, one of the areas that I think we need to be challenged in is that uh, everybody needs the gospel. And every person and every culture comes to Christ the same way, and everybody falls short of the glory of God. And some of the worst criminals that we see in our own country, or some of them who are coming in, even the, you know, another concern that people have is with some of the Afghan refugees who are coming in after all of that mess. Uh, Some of them might be terrorists. Some of them might have plans to uh, harm us. Uh, What do we do? I think the gospel is very powerful. And history has shown us that when the church is proactive uh, with the gospel, and not just speaking it in our buildings, but actually taking it to people who don't know it, uh, people with great challenges, great sins, you find the gospel changes lives and things get a lot better. Uh, Gary, Gary from Glendale, you're on the Southern California Live program. Gary, thanks for joining me today. Good afternoon, sir. Yeah. My, my question is, you know, I come from the oldest Christian country in the world. and What country is that? Is that, that? is that the United States? Armenia. Armenia, okay. Our, 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 the United States doesn't have history. Right. It's only 300 years old. That's right. Armenia I just wanted to make sure I knew what you're talking about. Yeah, Armenia has over 1,800 years of Christianity. And uh, you asked a question uh, just a couple of minutes ago, uh, what would Jesus do? But my question is, in our own country, in the United States of America, we have so much poverty. We have kids not even being able to eat once a day. They're eating, if they, if they can, eat lunch at school, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And we're worried about Haitians. We're worried about Salvadorians. We're worried about everybody else. I'm sorry. My country went through uh, almost another genocide uh, about a year ago. I didn't send a penny right. because I was busy trying to help families and kids here. I don't think we should be worried about, you know, send them back. Let their own country worry about them. I don't live in my country. I live in the United States. I I'm, I'm consider myself as an American. My country is number one. I need to try to help solve that problem in my own country first. And then after we're done with solving the problem in our own country, I'm grateful. I'll be extremely happy to help out any other country. What would you say is the... Let's solve the problem in our country first. What would you say we can do in our own country for our own poor? What do you think the most important thing for us to to tackle with our own poverty is? Well, we need to be able to accept that we do have poverty. We're giving out, California's giving out money to the homeless. They don't need the money. They need medical assistance. Some are drug addicts. Some are alcoholics. We need to have places for them to go get help, get them off the street. There are kids on the street that are homeless. Yeah. What can we as the church do for that? Well, I, I, you know, I guess, not, you know, is, is the government going to do it or are they just going to make it worse? Government's not, not doing anything. Government's worried about their own pocket. Right. So, so with these issues, what can we do? What would you, what would you say the best thing for the church to do here is in this area? 
to, if possible, be able to build places for them to get medical help and uh, assistance. Not just give them money to go and buy more alcohol, more drugs, you know. We definitely to, need a different path, right? There's definitely something different yes, that needs to be done because yes, the problem's, not getting, not problems aren't getting better. What upsets me, I'm sorry for saying, but that we're collecting money or to go to help uh, another country. But my biggest pain that I have in my heart is my own people in this, in this country. Yeah, it's a challenging time. Gary, I got to go. We're running out of time here. Uh, so thank you for your call. I appreciate that very much. You know, these issues are complex, aren't they? Uh, they're not just so easy as uh, we elect a certain party in charge and they're going to solve it. Uh, that's something that, you know, we've learned in uh, immigration and all this stuff. We've been talking about it 40 years. It hasn't gotten better. Homeless situation isn't getting better with what the government's doing. But I want to encourage everybody listening that the church, the church that is Jesus's church, has an awful lot to offer, especially when we work together with people of faith. And I encourage you to think that way. You're listening to Southern California live on KKLA and KPRZ. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 